This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Yes, indeed. It's Motes and Euler back in the place to be on SNR. And as we keep this conversation going, <clears throat> excuse me, not keep the conversation going, but I guess we technically are keeping it going because we teased it before we went That's to right. break, right? That's right. So from a technical standpoint, yes, Look we are keeping this thing rolling. Uh, I mean, Arthur Most ho- Arthur Motes hosted it, baby. So when, when you know when I get in that driver's seat, baby, hey, you never know what's gonna happen. You just sit back, relax, it's like double seatbelt. It's like we're on the Audubon, baby. Hey, who on. knows? Who knows what might happen? But um, we got to talk about the Stephen Nelson situation. So over the week, uh, what's your idea? But over the weekend, yeah, um, reports that came out that Stephen Nelson had requested a trade. And now initially. There wasn't a lot of details surrounding it, and it came out right after Juju had signed. So a lot of people looked at it as, man, this is the ripple effect of Juju re-signing. Or saw a small faction that looked at it as if, man, Steven Olsen is a money guy. He just wants to go to the next best deal and things like that. <clears throat> the Juju element of it, uh, it's not 100% true. Does it have an impact? Sure, from sure. a cap standpoint, but it's not directly not the direct correlation that I people that, are trying to make like it. Like on Friday that a lot right. of people Oh, were. Juju coming back means you lose Steven Olsen. It's more than just Juju's Correct. return. Correct. So that was the one element of it. But, I mean, and in terms of Steven Nelson being a money guy, man, Steven Nelson's a super humble guy. Steven wants to be here. But he understands in the, uh, the, the team, in terms of the organization, they're doing him a favor as well in terms of knowing that, yeah, we're more than likely going to have to release you simply because of the money that it's going to be able to save. We mm-hmm. talked about this with Brian Batco in terms of them choosing between Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson. Yes. And you can make the case for either one of these guys. If you're talking about sure. two years ago, Steven Nelson would have been the guy that you keep and Joe leaves. If you're talking based on last year, Joe Hayden probably was the guy because he played better. So you can see both sides yes. and things like that. But as a whole... Steven is a dude that, man, he wants to compete. But he more than more, <clears throat> more than anything, he was enjoying his time here. Oh, sure. This is just one of the business elements of it. And it sucks because, obviously, anytime you have to see somebody request a trade and so forth, it always gets a little ugly because it's, you know, you want that person to want to be here. But in this scenario, it's not as cut and dry as him not wanting to be here. More so the business element of it. And the team is basically allowing him to try to facilitate something on his own behalf. If he can facilitate a trade, great. Number one, for him, he dictates the location. But number two, his contract doesn't have to change. We don't want to change our contracts. We right. like that. <laughs> Correct. The flip side is if you can't get a trade done and they have to release you, now you tear up that contract. If you're Steven, you might get less money this go around, especially understanding the cap scenarios, you know, for this season. Sure. So it's a lot of things that play into this decision being yeah. made like this. But, man, it's just unfortunate because Steven is a really productive player. And I thought that he turned the corner when he came here compared yeah. to his time in Kansas City. I agree. You know? I agree. Yeah, it is. It's 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 a classic cap casualty, right? I mean, I, the Steelers would like to keep Steven Nelson. Like Steven Nelson would like to be here. But you also – know how this works you know if guys want to play their contract that you can't knock a guy for that right we can't um be angry at a player who won't restructure his deal or who won't take less money but then at the same time not care when the team cuts a guy like vince williams Mm -hmm. right like that's how that works very true yep the team can just cut vince williams in the same way that a player can say, no, I, I want to receive what I originally signed yes. up for. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make him a villain. That doesn't make him a bad guy. 
unless then you're saying the Steelers are villains for releasing Vince Williams. Then if you're mm-hmm. keeping that same energy, fine. Um, but if you don't have a problem with teams not honoring their contracts, well, because I say if that's the case, that then if the that's players. the case, then Ben should have been able to you know honor his contract exactly. and that like, forty one of the this yeah. last year get yeah, the forty one million dollar cap hit. Yeah, yeah. If we gonna keep that energy, exactly. we could go all the way there. <laughs> exactly. So so if you've got no problems, and again, this is not just a Steelers thing. This no, is, no, this is every yeah. team in the National Football League. If you've got no problem with the Raiders releasing their center, who, uh, whose name is escaping me right now, right? Because of because of, is it Rodney something? The center that the Raiders released because oh they Rodney agree. Hudson, Rodney That's, Hudson, yeah, yep. Because yeah. they couldn't agree on a yeah. contract restructure and they thought his cap was too high. Like it, this, this has to work both ways. So I, I think that's, I, I know that's very well said by you to not crush Steven Nelson for that. Um, do you think maybe some of it is just that that pride thing too? In the sense that you know he's still in his twenties, like he thinks he can be the guy, and not even that it's like a hard feelings thing, right? right? But just hey, that's fine. If if Joe's your guy, that's all right. You know, I. I I'm gonna go somewhere where they look at me as the guy. You think that plays into this at all as well too? Um, I mean, to an extent, but I think his time here, I don't think any of us could really say, oh, this is cornerback one versus cornerback two because both of those guys, they just played left and right. It wasn't like Joe was following around the more receivers. So for right. Steven, that's he would true. still that's get true. his opportunities to face number ones. So that's why I don't think that necessarily is the case. I think it's just more so them saying, well, hey, look, we're going to have to release you because mm-hmm. of the cap standpoint, but we'll do you a favor and let you facilitate a trade if you want to. And I think it's more so just that than the competition of who's better between, oh, man, I, I think I'm the number one guy. Well, he's the number one right, guy. Right. I want to follow. He want to follow. Like, let's be real. These dudes ain't really trying to follow receivers like that. No. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's a, that people talk about that. Yeah. It sounds good in theory until you got to do it they and you facing D-Hop, Julio. You, 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 yeah. ain't, you, you ain't trying to just do that. Yeah. <laughs> let's be real about it. You're not trying to do that. Especially with these freaks that are wide receiver exactly. in the NFL nowadays. And, and, and for the guys that are hard-pressing and keep saying, I want, I want, I want it. Those typically get the guys that flame yeah. out in a year or two because you can see how difficult and challenging it is, not just on the player, but on the defense. That's another reason why a lot of coordinators don't really Heck like yeah. to have a guy to just travel because now you're creating bo- everybody else. Everything to- becomes boxing one, whichever way he's at. If he's in the slot, oh, now we got to create our zones and coverage around the 100%. slot. Oh, now he's on the right side. Now we got to formulate it. It's too much. It's a lot. Of it's way too much, yeah. man. Yeah. No, I, that's 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 that's. I'm I'm glad you said that because I think people do think that that almost that just makes it simpler in a way, but when in actuality, it it can make it more difficult. What's your concern level, though? Just uh, aside from, you know what I mean? Just like forgetting the salary cap ramifications and the money and all that stuff. Mike Hilton gone. Mm-hmm. Steven Nelson gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jordan Dangerfield could be leaving. Sean Davis looks like he's going to be leaving. Arthur Motes, all of a sudden, yeah, we know Cam Sutton's back. Joe Hayden's still here. But all of a sudden, that secondary that we all really loved, that was so deep and so talented, it's looking a little bit thinner. Unfortunately, you are absolutely right. <laughs> it is very thin. The cupboard has become bare. We, we started out as a full house. You know, we had a yeah. lot of extra space we in the, the kitchen. We went to the grocery store. You know, yeah. we had all the deli meats. We had a lot of snacks in the cupboard. We had the, the good steaks in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, we're looking around, and we're, we're, we got some. I mean, there's still enough to make dinner, yeah. certainly, but we don't have the uh Well, because, you know, that's, that's the thing you really have to ask yourself. Um, do you think they have enough in-house? Correct. And that's guys like Cam Sutton potentially moving out full time to play cornerback mm-hmm. number one or, op- or obviously number two opposite of Joe Hayden. And then 
if you are confident with that, where does James Pierre fall in the line? Because mm-hmm. James isn't He's really because James is built for more outside corner. But if Cam Sutton with the deal that he just got is slated to move out there with Stephen Olsen leaving, where does James Pierre fit in? Now we could do a scenario where Cam this is what they did in Week 17. Cam Sutton started outside corner, then on possession down sub package ball, Cam Sutton bumps inside to the nickel position, and then James Pierre obviously would come in after that, or Justin Lane did it in that game. But you could just see how that could work. Joe Hayden on one side, Cam Sutton yeah. when his base. When it becomes nickel, James Pierre goes to the opposite side of Joe Hayden, okay. and then Cam Sutton bumps inside okay. to the slot, yep. I allow Mike Hilton's role, right? Mm-hmm. You could do that. That is one option. But that takes them believing in James Pierre or Justin Lane to that extent. Sure. We don't know how they how they feel about them right now because based on their availability from a playing time standpoint, neither one of those guys saw a lot of action. Now, we know when injuries happen later in the year, Justin Lane got some opportunities, but at the end it was James Pierre who got the, the most important. Like the guy they liked more right. or were more confident in at that stage. At, at that least. stage, right. Yeah. So we don't know how they feel about those guys going forward. We're going to get to see that, though, in these next couple weeks once the Steven Nelson thing settles. If they go out and try to get a guy like a Casey, uh, a Casey Hayward, right? He's a guy that people have talked about. You obviously have the flexibility knowing that you got these voidable year deals out here. Voidable. I mean, if that's the case, I don't think price range becomes as much of an issue if you're able to get a guy and say, well, hey, we'll do a one for 10, four voidable years, nine mil and sign a bonus. $1 million on the cap for this year because that's what the base salary is. I mean, in theory, that's what they've been doing. So I don't see what would be keeping them from doing that again in a scenario like this. Yeah. But that's only if they feel that they need to upgrade that spot with Steven Nelson leaving. Like I said, they could be, hey, Confident man, we got James Pierre, we got Justin Lane. These guys are ready to step up. We'll bring in somebody in the mid part to later into the right. draft and, and get a little depth. Right. Yeah. They could definitely go with that model. Now, I don't think that that's going to be the most productive, but that is something that they could decide to do. Just depends on, like you said, how you feel about it. Right. And that's something I did want to ask Steeler Nation as well, man, um, in terms of the power grid, the megawatts. Hit us up on the .com right here. Let us know. Um, in terms of oh, yeah. this cornerback group, with Steven Nelson leaving, do you feel confident with the group as is, or do you think we need to bring in a more – you know, proven commodity to play opposite of Joe Hayden. And the best way to hit us up is on the Twitter.com at TheBody52. TheBody. And at Wesley Eula, baby. Oh, that's the good hair. You got to have a good hair. You know that. <laughs> yeah, it's – man, Mozi. It's a it's a it, it, like I've said, it, it it always is an intriguing time this year in the National Football League. It doesn't matter if – even if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and your team just won the Super Bowl, right? It's a di- it's a different kind of intrigue. Like, all right, well, can we keep these guys together? What are we doing here? It's 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 always this is always a an interesting time of the year to be an NFL fan. But man, it seems like there's more moving parts, more moving and shaking for the Steelers this off season than we've had in a while. Uh, with all this, Motsi, it got me to thinking. I got a I got a question for you. Okay, you ready for this? I'm ready. You know, I'm listening. I got a question for you. Now that we've you know through these first two uh, segments of this episode of the Steelers Blitz here. You got me to thinking. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't even know if, like, I, if this is the right word, prioritize, okay? That might be too strong of a word, but it's the only one that's coming to my brain right now. I feel like the Steelers are prioritizing, maybe for the first time, like, ever, the offense a little bit here. And... And and what I mean by that is you're right. It's 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 not as simple as the oh well they're okay. The money's very close. They're keeping Juju and they're kicking Steven Nelson to the curb. Like it, it's it's not just that. There's not that direct correlation that everybody wants to make. It it's certainly part of the puzzle. 
that all fits together, but it's not the direct equation that everybody wants to make. But when I look at the bigger picture, right, Arthur Motes, Mike Hilton gone, Steven Nelson we all think most likely gone, Vince Williams gone. I look at the offensive side of the football, right? Juju retained. We're keeping Matt Canada. It, it really feels to me like – the Steelers are confident in the pillars of the defense that are still going to be there, right? Uh, yes, Mike Hilton's gone, and we really loved Mike Hilton, and, and he's a great player. And yes, we think Steven Nelson is going to be traded or going to be released, and we think he's a really good player. We still got Cam Hayward. We still got Stephon Tuitt. We still got Defensive Player of the Year candidate TJ Watt. We've still got young Devin Bush, who we really believe in is you know being the guy that's going to be the, the core, the center of this defense for the next decade. In our secondary, yeah, Joe Hayden's getting a little bit older, but we still know what he brings to the table. And then we've got the two young first-round draft picks at safety in Edmonds and Minka. This, like, am I, am, I, am I reading too much between the lines here? Am I trying to connect too many puzzle pieces? Like, I feel like, man, more so as we sit here today, the possibility of them taking a running back in the first round feels more and more likely. It feels like, okay... We're really confident in, like I said, the pillars of this defense, the bones, the core of this defense. Hayward and Tuitt and Watt and Bush and Minka and Hayden, right? I mean, there is a lot of talent there. And yes, we might not be as great on defense as we've been at times over the last couple years. We might not be a top five unit, but we can still be a top ten unit. Yet if the offense takes a huge step forward, if we if we give Ben Roethlisberger more tools to work with, we keep Juju and Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson both take a step forward in their development, we get a little bit better performance from the offensive line, we get a run game, we got Matt Canada. Like, if our defense can only take a fraction of a step back, but our offense can take a big step forward, and then maybe you can argue Motsi too, that in turn actually helps the defense, right? If you've got more of a run game, if you're extending possessions, if you're keeping them off the field, right? Those things all in turn, you could certainly argue, help the defense as well too. Like, am I crazy or could this be a real conversation that's, you know, that's going on on the South side amongst people that really matter? I do think that is the thought process within the organization. Do I think that it's going to work out like that? Hmm. Not at all. In terms of how you just said, well, man, if we could just take a, a little bit of a step back defensively, but we could take a large step like forward if we offensively. Take a leap forward on right. offense, but just a fraction yeah. of a step back. I mean, on I defense. think that that is their mindset. But when you lose a Bud Dupree Ooh. and you're replacing him right now with Alex Highsmith, I think that that's going to be a little bit more significant of a drop off than people understand right now. As the linebacker room stands today, you Thin. take out Vince Williams. And Avery Williamson. It's thin. And you look at that group right now, Devin Bush coming back from an ACL, Robert Spillane, who we're going to potentially see a larger version of now, and you have Marcus Allen, who's a converted safety. UG3, not a lot of productivity, been hurt a lot. I think that's a big drop-off. I understand Spillane came in and played well during his time, but over 16 games, mm. I just think that that's going to be a drop-off yes. compared to what we were accustomed oh, with I, Vince Williams. I agree. When you talk about losing to Steven Nelson and replacing him with Cam Sutton, James Pierre, or Justin Lane, I still think that that's going to be a drop-off right now. So in terms of how far of a drop-off, I think it's going to be significant in some of these areas unless they make those moves to address that. Now, the issue in lies, how can we address those defensive issues while we still got to address some of these offensive? Because we haven't right. touched running back just yet. We talked and about depending on how you center. look at offensive line, 
in Pittsburgh, we're going to sell it like, man, this is potential that's going to grow into great productivity. Outside of Pittsburgh, we're looking at this like, man, that's Walmart brand right there. That That's great value. We, we don't we don't know necessarily if this is good, good. We know that y'all promote from within. We know that y'all retreaded tires a little bit. You, you bring, guys typically have success in the draft. You know, but, yeah. but that's the thing. So you're just like, how confident are you with this offense line as it stands today that it can, number one, protect long enough so Ben can, you know, not have to release the ball in under three seconds, but under two seconds last year, right? Mm-hmm. But the whole purpose of that, the theory that they set was because of offensive line. Correct. And you and I both subscribe to that theory. So when are we going to address that then? That's that's my thing. You bring back Zach Banner, talk to Zach Banner. He already said that, hey, man, he's going to compete for a starting spot, but we don't know right or left. He doesn't even know that just yet. So I'm still not – I feel like we're still missing something here, man. No, we are, because if, if, if I'm looking at it right now, right, if I'm being honest, like there, like we've talked about, there's – there's I mean, every team in the – it doesn't matter. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have needs, yes. and they just won this. Mm-hmm. The Kansas City Chiefs Every have, team is going to have needs. Kansas City Chiefs needs. have a lot of needs right every now. Every team has needs. Every team has needs. If I'm looking at the Steelers, though, in terms of priorities, because that's what you have to do in a salary yes. cap league, you got to prioritize your needs, your weaknesses, your strengths, all that stuff. Tackle, running back, linebacker. Like, to me, those are the three absolutes now. Now, but when you say linebacker, inside or outside. You know what? See, you called me out. Because both of them. I can't decide if it's it's off ball or if it's edge. Mm -hmm. But Motsi, you can't, like, you, 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 unless you have one of those years where, okay, TJ Watt, Juju, James Conner, but even that took a year to fully develop. Even if you hit like that on the draft this year and you get. Linebacker, tackle, running back. That's be- that's that's best sunshine, scenario, rainbows, man. a right. plus, best case scenario, which leads me to believe, if I'm and I'm you know I'm do- you can see those those dub V wheels are spinning, Arthur Motes. They, they've they've got to make a move in free agency over the next week or two. Bef- and again, it doesn't have to be well, a, th- this is the thing. a marquee, but they, they have got to make some supplemental signings so that they are not yeah. so pigeonholed heading into the draft. Listen, this whole avoidable year thing, it has me <laughs> just like, why don't you just go buy whoever you want to buy now? Like, what do we, what, you know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously. You got how much left of it? Oh, you got two minutes salary? All right, so cool. We, we get somebody a, a one for 20. As long as they base salaries at a million, we're good. Have you ever seen that that famous like clip from like 15, 20 years ago of Michael Jackson shopping? No. So <laughs> it, 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 it resurfaced the other day <laughs> when when Bill Belichick and the Patriots were spending. Ah, yeah, so yeah. like I think it was like it was early two thousand, right? It was like two thousand two, two thousand three. Okay. There was a Michael Jackson documentary, right? Just kind of a behind the scenes yeah, yeah. Michael Jackson thing. And one of the scenes in the documentary, it's a layout to show it to you when we go to break here. It's like it's some like furniture memorabilia antique gallery in southern california okay okay? and they literally like michael jackson's people call up the place they clear out the place gotta clear it off of jackson he shows up and he literally just it's this huge warehouse of like thousands and like the most expensive furniture and stuff in the world and michael jackson just walks around and points like oh yeah i want that oh yeah i want those oh yeah i'll take this couch and his assistants are behind him, like writing everything down. Right? So he literally just walks in for a few minutes. He's like, "Yeah, I want those lamps. Yeah, yeah. I want that." Ca-. He just walks around and points to everything that he wants, and then he leaves, and his people take care of it. Like that, oh the, the Steelers need to do a Michael Jackson type. All right, yeah, yeah, I want the this left that. Yeah, give me Casey Hayward. Yeah, give me a guy. Let's take Jadavian Clowney. He's still out there too. All I right, mean, yeah, we'll listen, listen. If and that's the case, years, can, can we give Big Al avoidable deal as well? Then right. I mean, why, why play the? Listen, I love the. For as much as we criticized Al's performance this year, teams still want to pay him double-digit money. 
as much as we Matt Filer, seven mil. Just understand. Our standards here are a lot higher than other team standards, okay? Correct. But if we're able to take one of the pressing needs off the table by re-signing him to avoidable year deal, then, yeah, why haven't we done that? I would love to do that because now if Banner beats him out, if he was to play left tackle, cool. Al is your depth guy. No problem there. Perfect. But if not, you already know Al is the guy at left tackle. And you're good. And we know Banner's a good depth guy. Absolutely. He's a good swing guy. So you're good. And yep. not to mention, I mean, a guy we're going to talk about in the third segment, he just came off of a Super Bowl championship being their swing tackle. So you see, I was like, all right, if we got that piece, I feel a lot better about the other pieces. Yeah. But I don't feel the best when we're talking about potentially having Banner at left tackle, Dotson at left guard, B.J. Finney or J.C. Hassanauer at center, DeCastro and then Chooks. I, I, I just that's not as appealing to me. It's not at this stage. Yeah, no, again, it's you look at it right now. And every team, ha again, it's not just a Steelers thing. Every team is like this. But there are some glaring needs, and time is running out on where to address those. Because, okay, yeah, you, you need a left tackle. You're going to take one in the first round of the draft. We're pretty confident about that, right? Okay, but then what happens to running back? Mm -hmm. Then what happens to center? Then what happens to linebacker? Yeah. Um, okay, you're going you to take Najee Harris and make our buddy Don Juan the happiest Steelers fan. Mr. Alabama, Mr. Steelers, Don Juan, make him the happiest Steelers <laughs> fan in the world. Take Najee Harris. Awesome. Cool. Okay, what about the offensive line then? Mm -hmm. What about the linebackers then? All right, if Arthur Motes, if you're going to take a guy like um, Nick Bolton out of Missouri. Nick Bolton linebacker. out of Missouri. Or uh, Zach Cravens is the yeah. Tulsa guy, mm -hmm. right? Um, if, God forbid, if someone like Michael Parsons out of Penn State falls to the Steelers mm -hmm. at pick 24 and you rush to the podium to take that guy, Cool. Awesome. Running now, back. Now you're going to need to find line. a running back and an offensive lineman in the second and third round. Uh, and so, potentially an edge rusher because you don't have you have zero depth at outside linebacker right now. You know what? It's funny. Think, think was, about under contract at outside linebacker right now. Who is under contract? I was talking about this with Chris <laughs> this Carter yesterday, crazy. right? The, the show that I do on ESPN Pittsburgh, uh, Chris Carter joins me every Monday for a segment. We were talking about this. Like you just know the Steelers are taking a linebacker They're drafting at 24 linebacker. or 55. Without a doubt. They're just it might be an off-ball guy, it might be yes. an edge guy. Like they are taking a linebacker no at 24 or 55. No question. Like, I'd almost tattoo it on my forehead. Listen, that is the Steeler way. We talk about the Steeler way, right? That's the Steeler way. <laughs> they the take they, they're going to get off they're going to get a linebacker in the first two rounds. So, let's just again, hypothetical here. They go uh Let's make Don Juan happy again. They go Najee Harris, 24. They go uh, linebacker, let's say edge rusher, 55. All right. Hey, cool. that's me. <laughs> okay, cool. Now you still need to address that offensive line, and you're looking at, at best, a pick in the 80s? Yeah. Like, it, yeah. It's. It's. Like, it's oh. It is. It's a. It's an interesting conversation, and that's why I think they they've got to do. They've got to address one of these areas in free agency. I agree. It if, doesn't have to be a big dynamite name. Just but, something to minimize these other needs. And you've hit on this a couple of times, where you say every team has needs. You're 100 percent right. It's a salary cap. The, the, the difference is this: with some of these other teams, the needs don't seem as pressing because they know their quarterback play is going to pick up for some of these other loopholes. We know if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, all right, they're going to address the offensive line, but they might not be as concerned about their third receiver or second receiver. They might not be right. as concerned about that corner because they know 
we got Mahomes. He's going to be able to account for a lot. Mm-hmm. We talked about Bucks. Talk about Brady. We know Brady. Man, he's going to account for some things. He, he even in at this stage of his career, he showed down the stretch that hey, he can make up for some of these other things. Mm-hmm. That's like their their defense. Mm-hmm. Like you look at the Bucks, their secondary is a little yeah. shaky. Mm-hmm. But when you got that front seven, it's they fine. can make up for it. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So the big thing becomes here in Pittsburgh of well, do we have the pieces in place that are going to be able to make up? For some of this, we sure. saw last year down the stretch where Ben he wasn't really able to elevate the play, you know the the shortcoming. He wasn't able to elevate it above that. We saw it defensively even with T.J. Watt once Bud Dupree left, even though he was still getting sacks, the impact as a whole that defense was nowhere near the same. It didn't. They weren't able to rise above those type of things. So that's why for me when I look at it and saying, well, hey, you're you're replacing these great assets with. I mean, you can call them diminished assets in some of these cases, right? Heck yeah. And you're going to expect more from them. That, to me, is where the flaw in lies. And that's why I said if you're the Steelers or you're in that organization, you feel from the optimism standpoint. But if you're outside looking in, you're like, man, that is not as good as y'all selling it to me right now. No, it is, it's not. And, again, like we talk about all the time, the, the Steelers are not the only ones that are in this boat. That's just we are in this boat, and that's the team that we're focused we, on. We, what we? We. Well, what you mean, we? What you mean? I ain't your friend. Like, you know, I think one thing that Arthur Motes and I do very well here on the show is we don't do the whataboutism thing. Arthur Motes Bro, and I. Bro, that was a heck of a line right you there. You like that? C- can you drop that again? Whataboutism. <laughs> what? Like, we don't. <laughs> I we love don't, it. We don't, Arthur Motes and I don't sit here and say, okay, yeah, the Steelers <laughs> need the, the Steelers need an offensive line help and, and a running back. But you know what? The Bengals, their offensive line stinks too. And the Browns, their de- and the Ravens. Well, look at the Ra- You know we what that's called? That. You know why? Because that's called seeking comfort. That's called seeking comfort. And exactly. the boss man told me that when you got those type of issues, when you're just trying to seek comfort to make yourself feel better, it's most, he said we don't care about most, that. It's the biggest thing that turns me off about politics in this country is that you can't have a real conversation about anything because everybody's like, oh, well, well look what the Democrats do on this. Or, oh, well, oh, look what the Republicans do on this. All right, that's cool. I don't care about them. What I it, care about you. And more importantly, you and this current topic we're talking about. Not, right. oh, well, let's talk about this instead. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even do that. Yes. What about it? So, I don't do that. Right. So, so, again, we know it's, it's, it's not – the Steelers are not alone in these regards. But we focus – this is Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Steelers Blitz. We focus on the Steelers. And, yeah, when you really start to split some of these hairs, you can realize the sky is not falling. The Steelers are not in a position where, oh, my goodness, if they don't do something, Arthur Motes, it's we're only going to win four games next year. All right, Cowherd. <laughs> but it's also this is just the reality of the situation there's only so much realistically that you can address in the short term in the draft. And and when you look at it, when you lay it out like we have, Motsi, there are there's a lot of positional needs and only so much time and so many ways left to fill them. Without a doubt. But this is one of those scenarios where you just say, please work your magic, Omar Khan. Oh, yes. Please work your magic, Mr. Kevin Colbert. Oh, yes. That, that's, and please have a blank checkbook, Mr. Rooney. <laughs> that, that's what it comes down to, all right? But with that being said, those guys have been doing their work, man, and they've been For sure. signing, not just re-signing guys, but also signing outside talent. And when we come back, we're going to talk about three of the guys they recently signed in terms of one special teams guru, Ooh, ace. Guru. A Super Bowl champion offensive lineman Ooh. and a wide receiver out the SEC. Okay, I like that, SEC. SEC. Oh, yeah, you know how we feel about that. So when we get back, that's what we're going to talk about. This is Motes and Euler on Steel Nation Radio. <laughs> 